Avocado. Avocado. Yeah. But for me, it was important that people say the right things about me on the internet, and I've been able to have that, mm. and just have my name be preserved, and mm. just have a good reputation, right. um, and actually really stand for something. It's not enough to come and post things on the internet and post fine pictures. We don't want to post. We need to, we need to flex now. Yeah, of course. Kind of flex on the gram. Of course. But what do you stand for? Yeah. I want to have a story. I didn't just want to. I've never been a surface babe. Mm. There's always been depth, and I want people to see that. Hey everyone, my name is Rodney and you're welcome to the season finale of your favorite podcast, The Young Good. You know the vibe, all good seasons must come to an end and this season was pretty damn good if I do say so myself. Even despite the pandemic and the lockdown, we pushed through and now we're here. Those of you listening for the first time are in for a treat because I feel like I saved the best for last with this one. My guest is an HR professional and was a star on the previous season of Big Brother Niger. Her name is Isi Lomo. And if you're familiar with her, you know that she's a hell of a personality. But after sitting down with her, I can confirm that she's also a hell of a woman with depth and substance. All I had to do was shut up and listen as Isi dropped truth bomb after truth bomb. We talked about self-awareness, not just as a concept, but like how she practices it the wisdom that comes with age. We touched on listening to others versus listening to yourself. We talked about our generation as parents and the challenges waiting for us. We talked about sexuality and marriage. She even talked about the trauma of being the first person to drop out of the Big Brother house and how she dealt with that. Yo, we went all the way, man. We went into that rabbit hole and we didn't come out till... We even talked about the importance of being in the moment. Oh, and wait till you hear her rip the band in New York. This is a version of Issy you will only see on The Young God and I am honored that she would do this with me. Y'all ain't ready. So do follow the official podcast page on Instagram at The Young God Pod and Twitter at I Am The Young God for exclusive content and updates on bonus episodes as well as when season four will be dropping. Now that that is all out the way, Let's hear what Isi Lama has to say. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're here on another episode of The Young God. Yep. A podcast for gods. And I'm with the lovely Isi Lama. How are you? I would say her full name, but she has forbidden me from saying that. Yeah, absolutely forbidden you. Yeah, she's yeah. A, she's an HR pr- practitioner, right? Mm-hmm. And also a reality TV star from Big Brother, all those moons ago. Many, many moons ago. <laughs> many yeah. moons ago. Yeah, so much we're going to unpack, like between then and now. Okay. But first of all, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the podcast and why we're doing it. So I started it because... Um, I tend to have a lot of amazing conversations with people. Yeah. You know, people who are doing um, the most, doing mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. and doing it unapologetically. Un- un- mm-hmm. And there's a lot of lessons I learned from them. So I thought to myself, you know, why not put this in a format that helps others learn and just soak in 
yeah. the individuality of different people. You mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm. Like how you can be yourself yeah. and still, you know, be a force for good yeah. in the world. Mm -hmm. So basically, The Young God is a platform where I curate conversations, ideas, and stories that help my listeners visualize okay. what the best version of themselves might look like. Can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I call myself a god. Yes, you should. Thank you very much. <laughs> because a lot of guests, when they come on here, they're already combative about that. Like, why, why do you call yourself a god? That's blasphemous. It's, that's, how irritating I, that's how irritating I get when people say, why do I have king in front of my name? I get just as irritated. You see? Like, what's your business? What's, what's your business? Like, <laughs> what's your business? You, you need to, like, be on a, on a level to get it. Yeah. But most importantly, what it means to me is, like, how do I stay above the petty things? Yeah, you know? absolutely. What, what is it that the average person would do in a, in a certain situation, and then how do I do different? So you think and before you react. Exactly. And, like and just, I agree. just be done. Um, absolutely, I agree. So if you need to attribute, I think people should just be allowed to enjoy things. People don't always have to have an opinion on things. Yeah. So if someone likes to call themselves God or King or whatever, yeah. just let people enjoy things. Or sleeping, you know? <laughs> or sleeping, whatever. Yeah. Just let people enjoy things. So yeah, let, let's get to nature a little bit. Okay. Uh, would you like to start or should I start? You may start. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a brand strategist. I, I build brands. Okay. Um, that's my day job. Okay. I'm also a very, very good... When you say you build brands, that's a bit... Um, what's the word? General? Yes. I like specifics. So yeah, well, I, uh, I help brands figure out who they are, what they, stand, what they stand for, their messaging. Okay. You know, I help them figure out the best ways to maximize their, their vision and their mission. Okay. Both visually and... Um, philosophically, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So I'm the guy that like puts the strategy together mm -hmm. and then helps them execute it. Okay. Yeah. Get it. I'm also a damn good photographer. You're a photographer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, did did, did Diala tell you I was looking for a photographer? No, she did not. Okay. Go yeah, on. Well, you know, Diala has a way of bringing people together. For yeah. It's just so weird. It's like it's Superpower. Yeah, she, she's like a monitoring spirit. It's like a monitoring spirit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, love her to death. Yeah. It's like a year since we met, first met. Literally met her like three weeks ago and I'm like obsessed. You, you see? I'm obsessed. You see? <laughs> shit. I'm obsessed. Shout out to you, Diola. Shout out to you, baby girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I'm a podcaster. I picked this up like yeah. a year ago. Yeah. And it's been nothing but... It's changed my life. Yeah. Right? It's like I, on a normal day, I have no business sitting down with people, you know, people or someone mm -hmm. like you. But then um, it's just been that kind of thing. It's just a gift that keeps on giving. Well done. I'm glad. That's yeah. nice. Which is why I put so much time and effort into yeah. it to make it. Yeah. To make it something good. Yeah. Well, that's good. And those kind of things always pay off eventually and, mm. you know, even immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, just uh, yesterday, mm -hmm. I had. DJOB mm -hmm. on the podcast. Oh, fantastic. You know, I've had Osasu Gunedion okay. on the podcast. I've had um, Nadine Ibrahim on the podcast. Okay. You know, so just a lot of people who I think are fantastic individuals in mm -hmm. their own right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, just do, do themselves yeah. and let the rest mm -hmm. happen under that. Mm -hmm. And I think you're perfect. In fact, your turn. Okay, well, um, yeah, yeah, first off, like um, the serious, serious stuff. Yeah. Uh, yes, I am a HR practitioner, um, but it, for me, my specialties are like in HR tech, 
um, strategy, um, like uh, talent management and mm. acquisition in a corporate sense, not like entertainment wise, even though thinking about that, but then, mm. you know, um, outsourcing. I have a very, like we were saying yesterday, we're joking here, I have a very, 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 very long CV. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, so that's what I do. So, strategic HR, that's what I do. I have been doing, even after Big Brother, to be honest, that's what has been feeding me, quite mm. frankly, not to entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now on the creative side, which is a side I've always wanted to explore, which is the reason I went to Big Brother in the first place, yeah. um, I have now become like a content creator. I can say that now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud yeah. of myself. Yes, you are, actually. I can say that now. Yeah. Um, I started putting out videos. People like to hear me talk, apparently. Uh, yeah. People like to hear me talk, talk yes. apparently. So I started putting out videos, and I and I was getting very, very good responses when the kind of things I like to talk about. But then um, I, uh, I just felt like, okay, since people like this thing, it's time to put like effort into it. Like now make it like proper, yeah. proper production. So um, I stopped. I haven't really posted anything on Instagram in forever yeah. just because I wanted to come back with like better visuals, better. So I spent a lot of money on this shit, a lot of equipment. Guys, I bled. Mm. When you know money leaves your account. It takes, it takes. It takes, it, yeah. it knocked the wind out of me. So yes, yeah, all that has come in now. So I'm going to get back into the videos and stuff. I know that again. Um, okay, yeah. I'm very athletic. I'm into sports. I play American football. Not many people know that. that makes sense. Bro. I also own a team in Lagos. Oh yeah. Sorry, in Abuja. Used to own in Lagos. Now I don't live in Lagos anymore. I now own a team in Abuja. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Um, I think that's it. I think other things about me will come out in the course of the conversation. So now, one of the times we hung out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you said you wouldn't date yourself. Yes, I said so. Ah, I'm so annoying. I would yeah. never date myself. Yeah? Tell me about that. <laughs> I would never date myself. I would die. <laughs> I would die. Okay. Um, I'm not very young. So with that has come a very high sense of self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I can admit this unapologetically. Yeah. I am a lot. And... um. I'm a lot because I'm a lot. You experience things, you learn lessons, you become a certain way. It's just life, isn't it? And, um, yeah, man, like I just, I, I just think that I could, I, and, and it, I think I guess I've always known because I've always gone for guys that are very quiet and very low key and mm. very super quiet. Mm. You know, I'm very subdued because I'm very, loud and I'm very everywhere and I'm yeah. just annoying. Yeah. I don't know when to stop. I don't yeah. know when to, you know. So I just, and I think, I mean, obviously they are fantastic bits to me, but I don't think I will be willing to put up with the annoying bits of me to find out the fantastic bits, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, do you think someone should do that for you? Yes, because you should. <laughs> I wouldn't say yeah. that <laughs> you should. You should. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, for if, if you're a personality like me, that's what I'm saying. A personality like me would not date a personality like me. Yeah. I think it would be a bit too volatile. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be too volatile. So what, um, what do you think you need? Like I said, just quite somebody very subdued. Um, Your opposite. Complete opposite. Um... 
And I just find guys that don't talk too much very endearing. Oh, yeah? Personally, I just don't like guys that talk too much. I just don't. That it, talk as much as you? Yes. And I would consider that too much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I just... I just think it would be a lot, you know. Um, it would be, a, it's a lot of personality, lots of passion, and I just think it would be, it's good to have that in a yeah. relationship. And I'm not saying quite people don't have that, you know, but with me, I just think the two personalities would just be too volatile. You mentioned something about self-awareness. Yes. And the journey, what was your journey to self-awareness? What, what will you tell me about that? Okay, you know, um, I guess I understand even from childhood that I've always been a very, vibrant personality but with adolescence it's sort of misplaced if that makes any sense Mm. it's you know when you're younger you might just be hyperactive and stubborn and then when you get into those raging teenage years you will be rebellious and then you would put yourself in situations that are not the best for you and you will make mistakes and then you will learn from them and and that's just life and then but it wasn't just that for me. I think I was always very self-aware. I thought I was always very self-aware, but I never understood that to be completely self-aware, you have to be very honest with yourself. And being very honest with yourself is very hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very hard. You can be honest with other people, but you it's very hard to say, okay, you did, you and accept that, huh, and then beat yourself up about it and call yourself out call yourself out and that was how it was for me so that was when i I would say i became even even more self-aware because then i was able to recognize okay you put yourself in this situation why did you do that Mm. you know who is to blame you okay you blame you you put yourself to blame and you just move from it so and i think that to be able to to do anything in this life, you need to know what you stand for. Yeah. You need to know what... I, I can't go as far as people. People who say that they know what they have been put on this earth to do really fantastic. You know, fantastic. I can't say I know that yet. Yeah. But I do know the type of people I want to be around, the type mm-hmm. of energy that I want to have around, the mm-hmm. type of conversations I want to be having... I mean, and I think rightly so, because yeah. when I was a kid, I did kid things, and yeah. now I'm grown, I do grown things. Yeah. And when you know better, you do better. And so for me, I've always had my voice, and I've always been easy, I've always been. Yeah. But then being honest with myself, mm-hmm. or being able to sit down and say, ah, girl, you know, just made it even better. So now I'm more self-aware, and being self-aware gives me a lot of confidence mm. that I can make my own decisions. I don't need to ask people yes. for, for their approval on things. Like, it's good to have mentors. It's good to have good bounce ideas off of. But at the end of the day, I ultimately make my decisions. So even if I mess up, I say, okay, you made the mistake. At least you made it so you can fix it. So you, you, you know? And so that's what it was for me. Um, and it's okay if people don't have that yet. It's okay if people don't have, haven't had that, what's that word, the epiphany yet or have come to that realization yet. You will. It will be better if you do it sooner than later. Oh, yeah. but, um, but that's just important to me. So it's, and, then, and then it's 
having that has made made me kind of more peaceful mm. in that I'm more comfortable with who I am. Mm. So I'm able to just walk in a room now. And as opposed to when I was younger, I would try to be the center of attention. I don't do that anymore. Mm. Just quiet. I have my conversations. If yeah. it flows my way, it flows. I see what I have to say. Yeah. And so there's a peace that comes with that, that you're comfortable in your own skin. So whatever happens, happens. That is and that's up. just... How I am. You know what's funny? Uh, this season, this is season three, mm-hmm. and I, re- I released an episode called um, Intuition, The Art of Listening to Yourself. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, you know, now you, you don't need to go to anyone yeah. or people. You know, I mean, obviously you can get someone's opinion about yeah. something, mm-hmm. but you don't need someone to tell you how to do what you already know you want to, to do. do. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's like a power in itself that is yeah. so underrated. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was, when I was younger, my dad hated it so much because he likes... Because my dad is he's fucking wise, mm-hmm. you know, and as he should be, mm-hmm. again. But I always felt like I had my own like personal wisdom mm-hmm. about myself. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. never understood that. They don't understand that. They don't yeah. understand that. Because the thing about it is they, they don't. They don't. Mm. Because rightly so, they think they know. And they know it's not a lie. Um part of growing up is you will actually begin to see that a lot of things your parents said made a lot of, of sense. sense. Yes. And you have to just admit that, girl, you should have listened. Yeah. And it's just that the context is a bit different. Yeah. When our parents were growing up, what were the drugs they had to worry about? Maybe yeah. some pots, yeah. alcohol. Big, big star. Star or something. <laughs> just, you know, I don't, I, I, I mean, I listen to my parents' stories and my parents were in the business on campus and I never really hear mm. drugs that are not marijuana. Yeah. But when I was in uni, oh, I went to Afe Babalola, And if you, you went to Afe Babalola and know we have a reputation for the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have that reputation. Yeah. As fantastic as everything else, that is something the school is known for. Mm. Um, so yeah, so they, their understanding of things, the context may be different. Yeah. It's hard for them to understand that we have now learned from them. Mm-hmm. Because I do believe that our generation of parents would be, would be wiser than, would be better than our parents because it's a different kind of parenting now. You know, mm. we are now trying to be more. We have, I have learned personally that with kids, you can't be so brute anymore. Yeah, yeah. It has to be more of a conversational, but you understand your parents will still do, but let's have a conversation about yeah. it. Um, so, um, I forgot where we were coming from now. How our generation will be better yes, parents. Yes, we will be better parents. And that's, that's the thing. So our parents know. They yeah. know. But then they can't allow... They, you will still be their child. So we are trying to say, I know this about me. They'll be like, you don't know. You don't know that you don't know. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. <laughs> but then you don't know anything true. Yeah. But... You, 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 you know some things yeah, about yourself. yourself and, yeah. and when you try to explain that to them, they don't get it. So I totally yeah. get where you're coming from. It's, it's something that we've had to battle with. But mm. when you spoke about our generation mm. being better parents, I feel like um, there's going to be a minority mm-hmm. of us who are going to get it really, really right. Yes. A minority. Yeah. I feel like the rest of our generation are going to take it to extreme, being too woke, being too PC, too, you know, too, too, you know pr- protective or, you know, just there's, have a feeling. That I think I think it's going to be a very healthy balance because I think if you see the way things are going, you have to be super protective of your children. 
it's going to be like you said it's going to be super tricky to get it right because you don't want to smother and you don't want to give too much free reign but you know kids when they are that age if you want to do too much and that that's when they go wild yeah it's a lot we have to contend with a lot as parents mm. um the biggest of which is internet and the tv and social media and social media they hold the whole thing um how do you censor what your children are seeing? And even if you censor it, these kids are in school and there's that pressure of your peers with phones and internet and all that. Mm-hmm. How are you going to um, handle that? And I worry because sometimes you see people who are our age grade, yeah. you come on Twitter and you hear certain opinions and mm-hmm. you're like, these people are going to have children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you saying, <laughs> this guy? Like, do you get me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like... So I feel like we have a lot to contend with, mm-hmm. which is why, as a generation, we have a lot of, 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 of real thinking to do. Because I think what people do now in this woke era is they, they go on Twitter, pick a, a couple of things, go in conversations, don't necessarily contribute, pick a, lot, a couple of things, don't necessarily ruminate on it mm-hmm. and form their own opinion. Mm-hmm. But then they just go around saying other people's opinion and don't have an understanding of what led to that thought or the, or the implications and that's just shallow yeah, and so yeah. then what are you really passing on what are you really learning how are you really growing are you really woke yeah. do you understand what I mean that is true um, there's things like sexuality mm-hmm. which is what I feel like a lot of people need to be having conversations about in Nigeria let's have it right now let's have it right now this is the thing you can drag me I think by now you all know I really don't care but yeah. this is the thing more and more, I like it personally just because I'm exposed and I, I don't, okay. Every now and then I, I go on my Twitter and I see in people's bios the rainbows and these are Nigerians. And I'm like, wow, at least we're getting there. People yeah. are coming out. People are in their own little way. Mm-hmm. I think the conversations we have about sexuality need to change. I wouldn't want my son to be gay. Yeah. I wouldn't be happy. Yeah. I wouldn't want my son to wake up one day and say, Mom, I think I'm a woman. I may die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may die. Yeah, it's allowed. Mm-hmm. But what if that happens? <laughs> what if that happens? And I think more and more, it's becoming, unfortunately, social engineering. People in the West put it on TV and fed it to us, and then that further pushed the narrative that, okay, we can be this. Yeah. And so now we have that problem. It's not like it's never happened in Africa. We, we know we, heard, we hear these things, but it's now more, both people are more about it now yeah. and express it now. Yeah. And I keep telling people that your kids, the, well, with the class of people I hang out with, I believe will have children who will go to school abroad mm-hmm. and be exposed to these things for the rest of their lives. And, you know, if you... The conversation you should be having with your children now mm-hmm. is if if I find out that somebody in, in my age grade is like this, how am I going to treat this person? How am I going to receive this person? If I'm having these feelings, how am I going to treat it? How am I going to present it? Which is why I think the biggest thing for people in for parenting for us is to create an environment that allows our children to talk, which is something yeah. our parents never did yeah. until we were grown. Yeah, that is exactly the tea. Until we were grown. And, it, and not even grown, grown. 
You still can't say some things to your parents, oh, still. Yeah, yeah. But now you can because now you're an adult and you kind of see yourself in them and you realize your parents are really not superheroes, they're just human beings. So now you can say some things. Yeah. And so like you need to you need to be happy, you need to be thinking about that. It's no more, oh my god, gay, God forbid. Yeah. It's no it's uh, sorry, it has come. Yeah. It has come. I'm not saying you should encourage it. I'm not saying you should it's like I said. Very few people are going to get this right. It's a lot to contend with. Yeah. It's a lot to contend. It's a lot of variables that are very different from when our, par- our parents' mm. thing was, put the children in school, take them to church. It was so simple. That was literally it. Maybe tell them to go outside and play and with play, stones. Play with stones. <laughs> By six, you come back into the house. That was literally it, I think. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people like a lot more social. Your child can be in Nigeria and be talking to one old man in Germany who says mm-hmm. he's 10 years old. And it's just so many things now. And I think people don't really get it, don't really understand because I have friends who are now new parents and they're like, oh my God, guys. Oh my God. They're like, do you know how many things on TV that I became sensitive to the moment I had children? Yeah. Do you get me? Yeah. It's a lot. It cha- yeah, parenting changes you. I think, as, as you mentioned, it's like a lot of people are taking so much without thinking about Thinking it. about the, yeah, really. And they're going to take that into their homes, into yes, their relationships. And not really have thought about it and really understand. What they're getting yeah. into. So yeah, I think the challenge for our generation is as parents, how do we, how do we practice what we preach? One, mm-hmm. you know, and how do we extend a certain kind of open-mindedness mm-hmm. to the things that we say we're about? Yeah, you know, and and also not allowing because I do, I, I am, I'm, I'm all for people coming out and doing things and being who they are, but I also think it has also brought a certain level of moral decadence that I think we really need to hone in on. Mm-hmm. And so that family unit thing has to be a thing. Like we are eating together at a certain time. Mm -hmm. We are having conversations. Mm -hmm. How is school? Who are your friends? Where are you hanging out? Who are your parents? Those things our parents did for us, we still need to do in balance. Yeah. You don't want your kids to to form the identity based on a peer group. A peer group. Yeah. They need to understand where they are coming Coming from. from. Yeah. That's a fantastic thing that most of our parents have been able to do for us. Yeah. Um... A friend of mine was joking the other day that because of how much integrity his father has or had, even up until he's retired, now he's in a place where he can be stealing money and he cannot steal the money because his conscience will be doing him. Yeah. Which is good. Which is good. Which yeah. is great. Which is great. Um, it's a lot of, it's going to be a, 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 a harder balancing act. And I'm worried that we may not be equipped because our generation has the highest levels of mental illness. Oh. And you know you can't give what you don't have. Bruh. And then there's underage pregnancy for people who are already not, who are already not equipped <laughs> for these things. Yeah. And so then, you know, so which is why I tell people now that, okay, I, I think that now the, 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 the subject of marriage needs to be approached more strategically than before. Yeah. Before it was okay, he has a nice job and he's, he, I love him, that is fine. That is no longer okay. I we need to understand yeah. people's, people's real mental state. We need to be having real conversations like, what's up? Why do you behave this way yeah. when, when you are in the talking stage? That's what yeah. you need to know. Not, hey, what are you doing here? When are we seeing? That's not, 
you need to understand why people are the way they are. Mm -hmm. And I think people are lazy to do that also because it's just a lot, you know. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I still do have a lot of faith in this generation. I just feel like we need to have a lot of very serious conversations. Yeah. Because how do you... How do you... Uh, how do I put it? You... you, you it's it's a lot of pressure. That, why why is there a lot of um of mental illness? It's a lot of pressure. People are people are not equipped to go through life, really. Yeah. And it's not our fault because our parents were a bit lenient with us. You know, they were strict, but you were coddled and you were managed and you were told what to do mm -hmm. and how to act. And put in boarding school, put in strict schools if mm. you went to Covenant and the rest. Mm -hmm. And so then when you are not really by yourself in the real world and nobody is telling you what time to go to church and how to dress and what to do and what to do, mm. you don't know how to act. Yeah. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. And so then when life is really happening, you don't know. And your parents have said you are not an adult. Go and be a man. Go and do this. And you don't know what to do. And you don't know... And then you, the, a person that is walking around with that kind of identity crisis, which is why I said this is better for you to become more self-aware earlier than, than later. later. You don't exist as a as a, as an entity. You exist in a community, yeah. and and what is going on with you affects that ecosystem for as sure, well. For sure, I like what COVID did. You know, phones took us away from each other. Yeah. COVID has kind of brought us back, yeah. if that makes sense. So now people are having conversations and guys can say, ah, oh, guy, I'm not doing too well. This is how I'm feeling. I can't really tell it. Guys, mm -hmm. guys, this is what's going on, you know? And so I think it's worrying. Um, what I was just trying to say is that I just think it's worrying sometimes because for me, I think Twitter is a reflection of what it is, what it is on the real, on the real. Yeah. And what I see on Twitter sometimes, I'm so disappointed. And I'm like, these people who have kids, how, how? This person is clearly not okay. Yeah. People come online literally every day and cry for help in the name of form of dragging. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do you get? People, yes. These people, that's why I don't get upset at people who drag me. I yeah. really do feel yeah. that there's something there. Because I don't know what kind of witchcraft will make you wake up and just, you know? Yeah. Um, people are going through a lot. Mm -hmm. And then, I guess that's what things like this podcast do. Is kind of social engineering at first, mm -hmm. and then in its own way, creating safe spaces for people to talk yeah. off the backs of these conversations. And I think the many of us are into stuff like this. They want mm -hmm. to talk. They want to that connecting thing. Human mm -hmm. beings at the heart of it want to connect. Yeah. And so people sometimes don't know what they want until you have the conversation for them, and they be like, "Oh, wow, okay." Yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah, I'm very deep. You are so. I love it. I know. We're going to be friends from the today. ocean. Now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, wow. I love how just asking you what type of person you'd like to date. Just springboard into a whole other thing. You know, and, and that's what I love about our podcast and at least my style of doing it yes. is that I love how a single innocuous question Could can just, just unleash an avalanche of, yeah, of things. Of things. Yeah. Okay. So, um, now, let's, let's go to your Instagram for a second. Mm -hmm. So, there's a caption I came across that I okay. really want to pick your brain about. Okay, oh my God. So, I'm going to recite it for the, for the people in the house to hear. Okay. So, at King underscore Isi Lomo said this. Mm -hmm. A year ago, I took a chance on a dream oh, I have had for years. Okay. Needless to say, I was disappointed heavily. Okay. I put my life on the line 
my career on the line and 80% of the time, I really regret the decision. At the same time, I've been, I've been exposed to amazing things. So most of the time, I really don't know how to feel about the experience. Mm -hmm. What is okay. going on there? Okay, so yesterday, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I hadn't realized it because I, we were here all day. We were busy mm. all day. But I hadn't realized that this yesterday, a year ago, was the day the show aired. Gotcha. The show, Big Brother aired. Okay, yeah. Yesterday that was the day. And you see, the subject of Big Brother is always very sore for me. Mm. I never tell anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I meet people for the first time, I never tell anyone I was on the show. I never, bring I it. never bring it up. If you find out, you find out. And, and when you find out, I don't really like to discuss it. I don't really, yeah. because it's, it's, it's a very bittersweet thing for me. And if I'm being totally honest, one year later, it is still more bitter than sweet. If I'm being mm. totally honest. Um, so when I, I mean, I just came, for the first time I came on Instagram and saw people making posts and saying happy anniversary. I'm like, did I get married? Like, did something <laughs> happen? And I saw, oh, it was the anniversary of the day. This show, the, this show started and I was, I became quite upset. Mm -hmm. um, and so then obviously I, I think I just had to post because everybody was posting. I was like, hey, my math, I might as well just post something. And I don't post lies. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I just needed to speak my truth in this situation. Yeah. I gave up a lot to go on Big Brother. You did? Yeah. I was a madam in an office. I was a HR manager. I was collecting my salary, steady paycheck every day. Mm. It's all right. But um, I had always wanted to be on TV. And I always wanted to be on TV in a real way. Um, like the people I looked up to before me, the Oprahs mm. and the Nigerians, the o Moabudu and that has show um, moments with Mo back mm. then when she was doing it and it was good. I don't know what they are doing now. <laughs> um, and, and I had always wanted to do it and I just never did. Just never did. And then throughout my life, I had always been in that space where I could have and just never did. Keep it there, keep it there. I, I could have I just never did. So I would be around people that are in the industry, per se, per se. Mm -hmm. There was a time that all my friends got it to their head that I should do a YouTube channel. I never did it. You know, I just felt... I just never knew why. I had always been drawn to entertainment. Even while I was in uni. Mm. I remember in uni, people used to say... <laughs> I was like a mystery. They didn't know whether I was in the school or not in the school because I was always in Lagos. Mm -hmm. I was trying to become a stylist. I was really making a name for myself back yeah. then. And then my school started to suffer. And I'm like, girl, if you don't stop, you're going to have to repeat 400 level. And I wasn't going to do that. So yeah. I kind of had to put down the back burner. And then when I did that, face school, did masters, you know, it just kind of... I just forgot about it. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I want to... I just said... I just said just, I, what made me do Big Brother? If I, when I tell people that the year I, last year, January, I didn't know I was going to audition. It wasn't a plan. It wasn't something that I had thought about. The audition thing came out and people were just DMing me. Like, and so then I just, okay, I just, for jokes, put up on my um, page, on my stories, let's have a poll. Should I audition or not? And like 99% of people said audition. And I auditioned and I really didn't think I was going to get it. I didn't know anybody. I didn't. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> at the time the auditions came, I was in between jobs. Mm. I had left a previous job just because it wasn't just, they were just so, ugh, mm. corporate Nigeria is ridiculous. 
I just couldn't do it anymore. So I was in between jobs and I was like, you see, why don't you just try this thing? And so, obviously, I'm smart. So during the whole 60 million months of audition process, I had already gotten another job. So I was already working. Better paying job than the previous one. So when I knew for sure that I was in, I was was like, ah. Are you going to give up your this career and this steady pay and this? And are you going to do this thing? And I was like, I I knew that. Look, unfortunately, the element of the game that led to me being evicted was there and it happened. Mm. But I am I can say it anywhere that if that didn't happen, I don't know if I would have won the show. Mm. But I would have been in the top five. I can say it anyway. I can say it anyway. I don't care how anybody feels about it. I don't care if they agree or not. That's just what I feel. Yeah. And so I went to with so much confidence because I knew. Yeah. I just knew, you know. And so then that happened. And now I've quit my job. I've come on this platform, which in in I've been lucky at first when I first came out and I was trying to get jobs in HR it was hard mm. because everybody had seen me on TV and so when they they see you on people they, they just assume that you yeah. don't have anything upstairs and you are really not credible and yeah. so it was hard at first so I was like oh my god how am I how you see you see when I tell people that I wasn't I'm I, I'm not freaked by the one week and they say everybody would kill to be there I'm like mm. everybody would kill to be there because you think one week is enough for everybody who matters like who the industry big wigs to have seen you, but yeah. they haven't seen you. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's not because you have 2,200,000 whatever on Instagram. The people that are supposed to be seeing you, have they seen you? Do they yeah. know what you can do? Yeah. I did. People think, I don't think I got the platform yeah. as it were. I didn't yeah. benefit from the platform of yeah. Big Brother as it were. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. that's just the truth. Yeah. Um, because... Quite frankly, by November, entertainment stopped paying me any kind of money. Yeah. And really, those that, you know, it, it wasn't, it was, for me, at first, I was like, this decision to go and do this thing was not worth it, yeah. period. At the same time, yeah. I'm just an ahead, ahead, ahead kind of babe. So when the, I came out of the house, I really didn't think about it. I didn't really dwell on what had happened, on the trauma, what had happened, which is something you should never do. When something happens to you, deal with it and move on. Yeah. When I came out, I was like, okay, this one week, you have to just, just move ahead, take advantage of everything, and just be going, just be going. And that's what I did. I was going, 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 just going, 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 until December. And I was like, that was when I had a break. I just physically, mentally, just broke down. Like, girl, this shit is hard, man. What the hell is this nonsense that I rubbish? It's not all it's cut out to be, is it? It's not all it's cut out to be. I was lucky because I had a career and something to fall back on. I'm like, what are the rest of people that may not have this? You know? Mm. And so it shook me up for a while. And then, and then towards that December, I, I didn't know what to do. I felt mm. like I was doing well. I felt like I was okay. I felt like I had... I was doing everything by myself. I didn't have a manager. I didn't have... Mm. I think I had pushed, pushed my brand as far as I could go by myself. And I had realized that. And then I also came to the very... I didn't live in Lagos before I went to the house. It was just really post-Big Brother stuff that kept me in Lagos. Mm. And I was under all this so much pressure to stay in Lagos. Mm. And 
I felt like, oh my God, if you don't stay in Lagos, you are a failure. You couldn't make it in Lagos. Mm. And that was so such an unnecessary amount of pressure to put on myself. Mm. And so then I just came to the realization that, oh, I think you need to go back home. And I think, I just think you need to go back home. And I think that was the decision I made as far as my career goes mm. because it was when I moved back to Abuja that I was actually able to sit down and start putting out content really mm. actually start using the platform to actually mm. put out content and actually be out there yeah. I was able to think about that and things just began to fall in place mm. I met my now manager mm. who just said this girl no we have to we have to he picked me up I moved to Abuja. I started just meeting the right people. God started putting the right people. Things started moving. Yeah. Things started happening. I met Diola, yeah. who in three weeks has changed a lot of things for me. Yeah. You know? And so that was why. So that post yesterday, I was just like, eh, but eh. So it's, it's always so bittersweet, you know? It's always so because, yeah. you know, I now see some of the housemates who are doing fantastic, fantastic, and I'm happy. I'm not yeah. a hater. I'm yeah. not, but I'm like, I should have had my shots, you yeah, know. It can, it so it didn't it, it, it pain, yeah. you know. And I remember I never watched the show. Once mm. I left, I didn't watch it because I would try and I would just get so annoyed and yeah. so emotional. You understand? Because yeah. there were people there that shouldn't have been there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm oh, sorry, but there were people that shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have been there. And some people shouldn't have been, you know. So that post was literally a reflection of the way I still feel. I'm I'm really doing the personal work to get to a place where I can accept what happened. Yeah. And I think if I had accepted it when it happened and dealt with it, I wouldn't have been at that point now. Yeah. But I suppressed it. I didn't just want to do with the embarrassment, mm. with the, this thing. I didn't think about it. When I tell you, I didn't think about it. When I was evicted, you have to wait a certain amount of days, a, a day, mm -hmm. you see a psychologist, you whatever, whatever. Before really? They, yes, before they give you back your phone. Because you have to be prepared for all the stuff you see when you get your phone. Mm. So for me, when I got my phone, the first person I did was call my best friend, who is my best friend, who is my sister, Daniel, mm -hmm. and my other friend, Isola. And when I called them, they were crying. Oh my God, Daniel was swearing. What the fuck? Fuck this. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck Big Brother. Who the fuck? Ebuka. Fuck, fuck the whole fucking Big Brother. Isola um, was like, oh my days. What the hell? What the... And I was... They were really, really upset. And, and I was like, you guys, calm down. You guys, it's okay, you guys. You guys, you know. So I was managing their own emotions. I wasn't yeah. even really yeah. paying attention to my emotions. Yeah. So it was later, like in December, I now mm. dealt with things like, girl, you were the first damn person to leave the show. Mm. Ah! You know, that was when I dealt with it. Oh, and, um, and then I had always had a positive mindset about it. You know, even after the eviction, you know, even with the doubts and the upset, I just said, you know, keep, be positive, positive, just move on, be mm. nice, just do your thing. And you would, you know, find your own way. And obviously it's not... It's not easy because you don't have as much support as those who had the opportunity to stay longer on the show yeah. have, both in terms of network and financially. Because, yeah. you know, people are booking them for a lot of things. They yeah. may not book you for a lot of things. You may not get as much. You may not. Yeah. And so then there was that pressure to compete. Yeah. And then by December, when I just had my moment of that pressure wasn't there anymore. And that was when I began to actually think of actual things one can actually mm -hmm. do. Guys. 
paying attention to what other people are doing as opposed to facing your shit is the worst thing you can ever do in life. Because you can't be running forward and looking, how does it, it doesn't make sense. And like I said, these moments, you will come to realize it in your own time. Mm. I would just advise that you do it sooner (laughs) rather than later, as I said. So the whole experience of Big Brother is very, very, is a touchy subject for me. I never, I'm almost, I'm almost ashamed sometimes. But I'm not, mm. because I'm not, I'm yeah. not, you know, but I am, which is why I don't say, oh, hi. Well, don't I you notice it. when people say, yeah. oh, it's Siloma, I'm like, please, yeah. don't do all that Siloma thing for me, you know. Yeah. I don't need, I'm not, you know, yeah. so I, I don't even tell people about it. I don't, if my face looks familiar, oh, it looks familiar, I would never come out and say, oh, I'm that Siloma. I never yeah. do that, you know. So, yes, it's always a bittersweet thing for me. It's always, because it, you don't want to sound ungrateful. Because many people feel I should be grateful because I had one week, and I'm like, no, it's really not that. It's 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 really not because if you had a career and you had things you were doing and you quit completely to go into another thing mm. that put you in the public eye, you understand that that week basically kind of fucked your shit up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kind of fucked your shit up. Do you understand? If I had stayed like three months or two months, it wouldn't have. Because then I would have come out. People would have known me. I would have yeah. a lot more support. Yeah. You know. And, you have and it would options. have been easier. I would, I would have more options. Mm. Going there for one week in a blink. Many people don't watch the show in the first week. Yeah. You get That's me? Yeah. So it was almost like I was never there. It, it has also affected the way I relate with the housemates. Um, mm. I, it's weird for me because I just don't know them. So I just don't know how to pursue mm, mm, friendships mm. with them if that makes any sense yeah. um they, they have made it's i've never felt excluded from things mm. whenever anybody of when you, whenever any one of them is doing something i always know i'm told mm. just i live in abuja now, so i can't make it mm. but for me they have that camaraderie of being mm. there for long but i don't just relate to that so then i don't know how to relate with them either yeah. if that makes any sense perfect sense um so I kind of, I kind of, I'm upset about that because I don't know if for some of them, they feel like I just don't want to, I just don't know how to initiate the thing. Yeah. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do, you know? Um, all in all, I think I'm still cordial with most of them. I don't think there's no bad blood. I didn't get the chance to piss any of but them yeah. off or do anything to any of them. So, yeah. you know, so there's that too. Um, but it's not, I just don't feel like I'm included in that. Do you understand? Which is why. And it's not because of them, because they didn't say you were not, you, they didn't, no, none of them did that. Yeah. None of them, like I said, I remember how Marshall called me to be on his video with the Chihuahua video with him and Tacha. I wasn't in town, so I couldn't go. Diane's birthday, I wasn't in town, I couldn't go. Uh, Mercy's housewarming, I wasn't, I was told I wasn't around, so I couldn't go. So I, I think I just wanted to say that because I think there's a misconception that I have a thing. I just, I just don't know, I just don't know how to. Yeah. I just, and so then I just don't bother. So I just, you yo, know. <laughs> yo, I feel you. I just don't bother. I feel, I feel you. It's yeah. like, you know, people don't ever see this side yeah. of it. You yeah. know, they, always, they only think, and that's, and that's really my yeah. problem with, with, with a lot of how our generation see things now. Mm-hmm. Like it's always the face value of things. Mm-hmm. You know, no one ever anticipates how things could go awry based on your decision yeah. to do this Break thing. Break on your decision. You and know? which is why I was not able to beat myself up too much. I said, you made the decision you went to. You knew it was a risk. You were very cocky. 
Yes, if yeah. this didn't happen, you would have stayed, but it happened. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? Just keep moving on. Yeah. And that was what, that was what I did. Um, mm. Oh, wow. That was what I did. Okay. Let's, 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 let's come down from the... But that was... Those of you who are listening right now, this is like a point of view that you don't get on a normal day. Like, yeah. no one will tell you this. You just think that you know, oh, you're a big brother, business as usual. Like, mm-hmm. these things usually affect us deeply. Deeper. Especially when it's like... It's a big show. Eye. It's yeah. a big show. It's a big show. People have so much access to you. And it's over the internet. So they can literally say anything. anything. And me, I'm tough. I have tough skin. So for me, I was never really... I think for me, the responses were generally okay. Mm. I think the, the most... The shocking, the most shocking thing I saw about myself was the fact that people said, "Oh, I'm, I'm manly. I look mm-hmm. like a man, mm-hmm. and all that." Mm-hmm. That didn't really hurt my feelings, yeah. you know. Um, quite frankly, if you watch the show, I did kind of look like a man <laughs> at certain points. <laughs> quite frankly, so I mean, yeah. um, but I, I think for me, it never really got to me. No lies, mm-hmm. it never really. I was never really like, "Oh my god, oh my god, they're dragging me." For me, this is. From the one week I was at the house, I think it was... The way I was then is the way I am now, in the yeah. sense that I am not interested in unnecessary drama. Mm. I am not petty. I am not catty. Mm. I do not gossip. Yeah. I just... I'm not diplomatic. I think that's... You know, I think to be, you need to be diplomatic in life. You need to learn it. That's a skill yeah. I'm really trying to learn. Yeah. You know. So, the way I was there is the way I am now. And people, I, so it, it was important for me not to be involved in any unnecessary, silly, petty, dramatic nonsense. Mm. I just don't have time for that. Mm. And I think people saw that. And that's why the people that like me now, mm. kind of. And so then, because I'm tough like that, I just generally didn't care what anybody was saying about me on the internet. Mm. As long as, if it's, if it's something that I look like a man, that's fine. Mm. But at least you're not coming for my integrity. You're not coming for my intellect. You are not coming for my, for the things that matter that I care about. Yeah. Like, I, I care about looking fine, mm. but if you don't know me and you say I look like a guy, that's your opinion. That yeah. doesn't really affect my confidence or anything. Yeah. But for me, it was important that people say the right things about me on the internet. And I've been able to have that mm. and just have my name be preserved and mm. just have a good reputation. Right. Um, and actually really stand for something. It's not enough to come and post things on the internet and post fine pictures. We don't want to post We need to flex now. Yeah, of course. <laughs> kind of flex on the ground. But what do you stand for? Yeah. I want to have a story. I don't just want to. I've never been a surface babe. Mm. There's always been depth. And I want people to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I bamboozled and beguiled you. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and I think that's, that's what, I, what, I, what, I, what I love, you know, you... You think you, you know a person, mm-hmm. you think you understand, you yeah. think you figured it out. Yeah. And then when you start to peel back the layers, yeah. like these oh, are really good questions. I was very skeptic yesterday. I'm impressed. These <laughs> <laughs> are really good questions. Thank you. Well, you have is that a tattoo? Yes, yes, I do. This What's is that? um this is the greater than less than sign. Okay. Facing inwards. Oh, okay. And then what that means is staying in the moment, being yeah, present. Within you. So what what has come and what is to come don't matter. Yeah. What that matters is right now. Yeah. Being here, cool. and that's something I, I uh, like. It's one of my life philosophies: just mm-hmm. trying to be in the moment, mm-hmm. breathing. You know, mm-hmm. like so I practice be present. Mi- mindful meditation, yeah. mindful breathing. I think a lot of people really need to understand the, the the necessity to be centered and be present. 
because I, I, life happens and it happens rightly so. And not all of us are equipped at the right times to handle it in the right time. But I think people need to, to really, really try to be in the moments of their lives, mm. whether it's a painful moment or a happy moment, because really what happened yesterday has happened. Mm. What will happen tomorrow has not happened. happened. Yeah. Literally, all you have is what will happen two minutes from now hasn't happened. Yeah. So I think when people practice being present, you even get a greater perspective because you are not chasing what has happened or chasing what, what is, is to come. come. But you are present and you are planning for how you will handle what has happened mm. and what might come. Yeah. If that makes sense. You get it. Yeah. Like it's it's is what what they call mental alchemy. It's like yeah. the, the shit you tell yourself and yeah. you like force yourself to understand just so your life can be better yeah. in like little ways. Yes, in little and, ways. And it makes all the difference. Like I mean Thank you for saying little ways because people think that when you 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 do these things, be intentional and you, you are mindful and present, it's one big thing that would happen. Yeah. No, it's little things. And then you wake up after being in this mindset after a year and you would now notice the huge changes that have happened in your life. Yeah. You know, um, it's not a one big warm thing that would happen at once, boom. It's little ways. And, yeah. and then one day you wake up, I'm like, oh, I'm living a much, I have more peace, I yeah. have more things, I have more. I think that, that's like with meditation, right? When mm -hmm. people hear meditation and the benefits, they think it's something that you, you just you get right now. You finish it now and get up and you are in it. You're in it. You know? Know? It's, it's over time and, mm -hmm. you know, as, as with anything that's worth doing well, yeah. you know? Yeah, so I have. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that is assuming that you're not, you're not done growing. I don't think I've ever done growing, are you? But like you have, you have like a place like you feel like I would like to be this kind of person or that kind of person. What do I want to be when I grow up? Are you asking this? Not, not career. Okay. Wise. What do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. I wish I want to be a person that is at peace. Mm. Think. I think I want to be a person that is at peace and a person that. And I think really, I think no matter what I want to say, it all just comes from being at peace. What does peace mean to you? I think being at peace with who I am, being at peace with my mistakes, being at peace with my decisions, mm. and being at peace because I have made the right decisions that have led me to be at peace. Bam. So I have not gone to collect one money and do one shady deal and now I can't sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have not gone to hit on my friend's boyfriend and now I can't I've not, I've taken the decisions that would afford me the opportunity to live a peaceful life. Yeah. So I have been intentional about curating that mm. and building that. Mm. And so I would like to be a person that is at peace. I would like to be a person that has touched people. Mm. And that is important to me because growing up, I used to be very volatile. Sometimes, sometimes now I can get upset and I will burn the whole house down. Mm. It's still something I do. Even last week, I was eating my words because I went and flipped out and acted like I shouldn't have acted. And it's a learning process. I'm not perfect. Yeah. But then I would like to be a person that has touched people's lives. I know that's generic and everybody says that, but I actually want to be about it. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to have a school or an orphanage mm. or a thing. I think it's important to live a life that people want to see something I want to shall be like that thing, shall. Yes. And it might as well be for a good thing. Yes. 
So that's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be a person that people can, if I say, if I say this is what I'm going to do, I do it. And I never really used to be that person. Yeah. I would give you my word and I beg I'm tired. Yeah. You understand? I used to be that person. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying not to be that person anymore. And yeah, and I think I just want to have a life of experiences and have a real have real experiences and mm. actually interact with people. And that's what it, I think it means to be literate. It's not book. Mm. It's to have like a critical understanding of the way the world works, independent of just intellectual things. Sis. <laughs> Sis. Um, I think that's what it is. Yeah. So to be very literate and to be traveled, of course. And so to be, so that's why when I meet people before, I didn't used to be like that before. My mind is my mind is my experience, is what I think it should be. And I don't want to get to know your story or what you're about. Mm. This is my own, very myopic. Yeah. You don't grow, you don't learn anything. You're stuck in your ways. Nobody wants to be around that energy anyway. Yeah. So it's the really, is to be a peaceful person. So to be at peace and to be full because yeah. you have allowed yourself to be in all these situations and you have listened mm. and you have learned and you have applied, That's you know? So when I grow up, I want to be a person that my parents will be proud of mm. and be peaceful mm. and bring up healthy children in a mm. healthy home where their parents, they see their parents and understand what it means to be in love and what it means to love. Mm. Yeah. I love it. That is, you know what, at first you were, you were, you were it started off generic. Mm-hmm. But then you start to go deeper into yeah, the specifics yeah, and yeah. it makes perfect sense. I think, especially in a place like Nigeria, mm-hmm. that makes it so hard mm-hmm. to be at peace. Mm-hmm. There's just so much shit mm-hmm. competing for our attention yeah. and, you know, the pressure to, to appear a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, especially in cities like Abuja, mm-hmm. where it's in like... La- I think in Lagos is worse. So even in Abuja, I'm not even being intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Man. So um I I I love that. That's that's a real real grown up mm-hmm. um issue that we're trying to see. <laughs> and I think you even answered the next question I was about to ask you. I was about to ask you, how do you wield your influence? You know? How do I wield my influence? Yeah. Yes. So I mean I think now I think to be honest, if I'm being very honest, I'm not doing a very my best job mm. at keep going. At yeah. wielding the influence I think I I, I have in, in that capacity. Mm-hmm. I think I could be doing more. Mm-hmm. In terms of the kind of content I put out and the kind of aligning myself with the with the causes I, I like. I, I think I can be doing a lot more. Yeah. But I think that's just how to I think the best way for me to wield my influence is through social engineering mm. and doing it consciously. So be conscious about the kind of images I'm putting out there, the kind of things I'm putting out there, the kind of energy I'm putting out there, what I'm putting for people to consume. Mm. Entertainment entertainment, I would like you to be entertained, but in the midst of all that, are we getting something vi- tangible? Is yeah. there a value here? So I think that's the, the best way I think I would be, my, will be able to wield my influence through real social engineering, talking about real issues, being mm. educative, and listening to people's side of the coin, mm. you know, which may also change your narrative. Well said. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. You've shown depth, mm-hmm. you know, and I think maybe this is something that those who follow you, you know, they follow you for a certain reason. Mm-hmm. They have seen. And yeah. now they can see a different angle, which mm-hmm. should, in many ways, like, even make them feel mm-hmm. more proud. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm following someone who has mm-hmm. sense. Because mm-hmm. imagine if you're someone that followed Hush Puppy. I'm gonna, we're about to talk about that in a second. But before we even get to that, um, speaking of wielding influence, the band and... The band is cancelled. The band is a fuckboy. The band is... I am, I am so incredibly disgusted 
at the bunch. I is a prime example of when you set your own house on fire. The yeah. bunch was is so ridiculous because of what he has done to the culture as in terms of African music, Nigerian music, and the, yeah. the, the, the culture, the lifestyle, the everything. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that I don't know who was on his team. Mm -hmm. I don't think he has the luxury of blaming anybody on his team because he's not a fool. Yeah. You were, were, were quite aware of what they were doing. And mm -hmm. then, not only did you now, you were not smart enough to excuse yourself from the handling of the issue so that you can conveniently blame your team. You got personally involved like a fool. Yeah. You got personally involved. And you see, what has happened from the times of Harvey Weinstein, when all that Me Too happened, when Me yeah. Too happened, I say it's a watershed moment. It happens yeah. every decade or so. Yeah. An issue that is a burning issue, that is a, is a menace to society, always comes up and there's a watershed of support and victims and blah, blah, blah. And that is what the Me Too movement steamrolled and has just perpetuated, just blew over the world. And so, I mean, on Nigerian Twitter, every other, every other month or so, two months, there's always a conversation about rape. Yeah. Not like we've had it this year. Yeah. I think that the bunch, what he did was disgusting. I think he should have been smart. I just don't, I just don't understand. If he raped this girl, and I believe he did it. Mm -hmm. And how he did it is so concerning to me because it was just a power thing. Yeah. You knew you had the money. You paid the people in the hotel. You got into her room. You had your way with her. Power moves. Yeah. She has put you out there. And this power drunken thing you are doing did not let you see that the way you are handling it is very dense. Yeah. Yeah, that is exactly the thing. Do you get me? It's power moves. That's re really what rape is about. It's a power thing. Mm. It's a power thing. And I think that whatever he loses is, is, he, is a, he deserves it. I think... And I think, I think for <clears throat> me, he should even be... The rape was bad enough. The act alone, the act of rape was irritating enough. How you went about it was irritating. But I, I almost somehow feel like he should even be punished more for the way he has handled it. <laughs> Do you understand? I feel like he should even be punished more for the way he has handled it. Yeah. You know? I, I just think it's so sad. And I, I mean... I feel like when you're in that kind of position, you know, everything is about, is about balance, right? <laughs> and when you're in that position as a celebrity, when someone comes out... In, in fact, in any situation, when someone comes out and calls you out for what you did to mm. them... What they're asking more than anything is for you to acknowledge, give, acknowledge and give them peace, give them back what mm -hmm. you took, their respect, mm -hmm. their power, humble yourself. Mm -hmm. Like if you have and done if that. Yes, I think that the back, he would have faced some backlash as he should, but it wouldn't be this. His brand is damaged forever. Zimbai pulled out of the Future Awards recently because the band is involved. Yeah. She pulled out. Yeah. And. I'm like, yes, sis, do it. That's Be what, about it. That's what it is. Talk about it. Don't just, don't just say, do it. Mm -hmm. It was bad. I, I don't know why I'm even more annoyed by the way he handled <laughs> it than the rape. Yeah, I know, right? I think I'm more annoyed by the way he handled it. I feel like I could have forgiven him. I think rape. I could have. Maybe I could have. You know? Is this, it's just the F1 treat. Yes. You can now intimidate this girl. girl. Took her phone. Started tweeting <laughs> your nonsense dirty music. <laughs> 
get that busted my brain. I'm like, this guy is taking us to a joke, isn't it? Yeah. Like this guy is trying to take the piss. He's taking the piss and we're shitting on, on all of us. Does he think we're stupid? On all the victims. And on, on all victims. And it's like so tone deaf because just weeks prior we're, we're dealing with there was a was thing. Yeah. There um, was the girl that 13, 11 year old that 13 guys raped were coming off the back of Tina. I tell you, right? Toyin. That whole period was just hectic for me on social media. It was really difficult to, because I'm a woman, so I feel these things. Yeah, of course. And I'm a global citizen, so even things like what happened to the Breonna Taylor, everything was just so intense. Yeah. And I, I didn't even know because I knew as a as someone was but I had to say something. Yeah. And so then I just decided, you know, I don't think I can talk. I'm just gonna get guys to because I think now is this is a men's problem. Yeah. This is a men's problem. This is not a woman's problem. Women are not the one now the men should start talking because yeah. you 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 have to know a rapist if one in every girl every girl knows someone that has gone through. You must know somebody. Yeah. What are you doing with me in your circles? My, my friend and brother, Ima, was like, boys have to start calling themselves out. When you are doing this, your little, little gist, and the boy is saying, eh, she no grip, but I, but you what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? What do you mean, but you what? You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You are a grown man in secondary school, chatting with a 13-year-old secondary school. In a, you are a grown man in, in, in uni, chatting with a, a secondary school, and a 13-year-old. What are people talking about? Are you teaching her <laughs> my book of Bible stories? <laughs> <laughs> is it my book of Bible stories people are doing? Did you know how to solve for X? Uh, you divide the X. You, you, you understand what I mean? Like, yeah. So that week was just a very sensitive week for me. I think I just really felt it. I felt mm. the. There's a song by John Lennon, I think, and the lyrics go, Woman is the nigger of the world. And when you think about it, when you think about it, when you think about it, so I was really feeling those lyrics in that moment that why, 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 why? I can't, I, I like to run. I don't do that in the evening anymore. Yeah. And these people, Zika or Zikoko Mag or Zikoko Mag, Zikoko, Zikoko yeah. did a thing of 10 things women have to face that people don't think about. Things like pretending to be on the phone when you're in an Uber, sending your code, having to have pepper spray, which in Nigeria is considered as a harmful weapon. So you could, in fact, get detained for having pepper spray lunch. Whoa. Ridiculous. It happened to Daniel's friend. Daniel's friend was attacked by an Uber driver, I think, or I think that was the story, and she proceeded to pepper spray him, and while he was let go earlier, she was detained for having a weapon. Mm. And I get it. This is Nigeria. People will definitely, if it's legal, people want to use it for nefarious means, but I carry pepper spray. Can't leave the house without it. Cannot. When I'm driving, I'm so mindful. That's just what it is to be a woman here. And for me, I think it's so disgusting the way this one thing died. So disgusting, so disgusting, because it then came out, allegedly, we have to put that, that it was a pastor of the church who had gotten her pregnant and didn't want to get rid of the baby and had her killed. Hold up. Did you, you didn't see that on Twitter? Hold up. It was alleged. What? It was alleged that that was what happened. It was alleged that that was what happened. And even if that was not what happened, why should I want to go and read in church and can't be safe there? In church, yeah. So am I walking around when when Okano were banned in Lagos? I'm like, clearly this government is not thinking about women. Because ex- women have to get up at odd hours of the morning, walk longer distances now to get to work. It's like putting a giant X. X. 
So that week was just a lot for me. Yeah. It was a lot for me. And so with the Liban, it steamrolled into the Liban thing. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Justin Bieber was accused of being raped. Of raped. Do you know what he did? The next, he started posting receipts. I wasn't even in this city. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. That's what someone that's innocent mm -hmm. does. does. And I believe that he was innocent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believed him. Yeah. He came out openly, addressed it on site. Within one week, we were done talking about it. Straight up. Same thing. Do you watch Rick and Morty? You, you, you know that show, Rick and Morty? You know, that show is too weird for me. I don't know how you guys do it. Well, that, is, <laughs> that aside, yeah. the, the, the creator of the show, yeah. he was accused of rape. Um, What's his name? Maybe I would know his name. but His name maybe... is Dan Harmon. Yes, I, I did hear, but I didn't know he was the Rick and Morty guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. creator of... Community as well, you know. Community, community yes. yes, he was. Yes, yes, he was. He was accused, right? And funny thing is, he was talking about it um, on just in general, like an, mm -hmm. an interview, mm -hmm. and he, he acknowledged it. He said he was sorry and mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. and he said it to the girl, and mm -hmm. he voiced his apology to mm -hmm. the girl. Mm -hmm. Now the girl heard heard, heard it, mm -hmm. but she was like, "It's, it's fine that he acknowledged, it, but mm -hmm. I don't I don't accept his apology, mm -hmm. and let's mm -hmm. just leave it at that." Mm -hmm. And then this guy in his empathy and his sense of awareness, what he did was he went on his podcast mm -hmm. and he detailed step by step what happened, how he did it, mm -hmm. what happened, how he feels, what he has done to, to like work on to his, work on it. Like And he would be forgotten. Humbled himself yep. as as anything. And the girl later on she commented, man, that if there ever was an apology, the perfect apology, this was it. That was this and I forgive him. And that's how you handle shit with class. You get and it's like white Bible says the first shall be last. And the last shall be first. Mm -hmm. When someone does something to you, mm -hmm. oppresses you, mm -hmm. they've put themselves ahead of you. You're mm -hmm. not last because mm -hmm. you, you feel that victim like mm -hmm. you've been taken mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. So when someone comes to accuse you, the mm -hmm. next thing is to humble yourself, to mm -hmm. bring yourself back down mm -hmm. so the person can have, you know, their moment, mm -hmm. their, that feeling. And mm -hmm. it's, it's so simple sometimes, mm -hmm. but we forget and the bunch could have... You know, you could have done it a lot so many different things. So many different things. He now released a video, a video dancing. I was like, God damn. Do you get? God damn. Oh God. God. And I just felt for the lady, like. Yeah. I just felt for the lady, like, why, yeah. why, why? You know. Yeah. Man, we've had a great conversation. I don't want to keep you much longer, but I think yeah. what we can um, finish on is maybe you want to let us know what you're doing. What, what we should expect from okay, you. Okay. Yes, please. Couple. Um. You should expect quite a lot. Um, mm -hmm. While it, it's almost done, I'm I'm very I'm very eager to see what like the creatives in Abuja are about. We never really hear about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's people the Lagos, people the Lagos. I believe we do have very of course. So I'm trying to and I and I do also realize that in terms of putting together content and whatever, it's very expensive. So I'm 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 now. Doing something to help with that yeah. in my own capacity. To mm. be announced in a, in a month or so. Much. Um, just to help people in Abuja and anywhere else. If you are in Lagos and you're a content creator and you don't have your stuff, don't worry, you can come to Abuja, we'll record your stuff for you. Mm. Um, some a bit of a studio type of thing. Um, that's that. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more work with women's stuff. Wow. Um, um Yes, I, I have a product that will be coming out very soon. Mm. It's not expensive, please. Everybody should put my buy. Um, <laughs> it's very cheap. Yes, um, and that's it. You know, I, I'm, I'm a person that just likes to do. Mm. I don't really <laughs> just do it. Everybody who's in the like, yeah, I did that. That's what's up. And um, yeah, that's it, really. I just, uh, okay. I think I also just want to say that 
a lot is going on, guys. Like, um, you need to develop a personal filter of the kinds of information you let into your system. Yeah. Um, curate your Instagram feed if you can. Yeah. Get rid of things you don't need to be seeing. Curate your Twitter feed if you can. Yeah. Because a lot of things are happening, both in your personal life, that might be so tumultuous and whatever, and then you come online to see a lot more aggression and whatever, and if you can't control the one that is happening to you, at least you can control what you are seeing, and you don't need that added pressure in your life. So take care of your mental health. If you need to step away from the social media scene for a while, do that. Um, And yeah, take care of yourselves, guys. I think it's very important this year. And then the COVID thing is real, guys. No lie, no lie, no lie. It's getting closer to everyone. My dad lost his one of his closest friends last weekend to COVID. I've never heard of anybody that I know losing anybody, and I've heard it now. Yeah. So it's it's a real thing. But um, yeah, that's what happened. That is what's up, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. What's your Instagram? So you follow my you Instagram is at King Islamo, and my Twitter is at King Double. On, sorry, my Instagram is at King underscore Islamo. And then my Twitter is at King Double underscore Isi. And that is, that is that about that. You heard it here first. <laughs> Isi, thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate it. You could that. be anywhere in the world right now. But, but I came me, here, yes. You know, and I, I appreciate I had that. the best time. Thank you very, I very much. I had the best time. I really did. And this is The Young God. If you made it to the end of this episode, you're a real one. Thanks again for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, there's a whole lot more where that came from. Just scroll down. You'll see all the range of topics, guests, stories, whatever. I've, I've put in some work for you guys. So um, there's something for everyone. I release episodes every Saturday at midnight. And depending on my mood, I might release two or three. You know, I can be generous like that. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you feel so inspired. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And follow the podcast on Instagram at The Young God Pod and Twitter at I Am The Young God for exclusive content. And just, yo, we're in this, man. Thanks again. Rodney Mokache, out.